0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 50th episode of the podcast for the week of April 29th, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome Portland-based professional astrologer at Beautiful Astrology, Melanie Gurley. And she's going to join me in a discussion on astro bodies, which is absolutely fascinating. So we're going to be talking about astrology in the body and also her own unique um, method that she has come up with for looking at this. So now before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access to the podcast for as little as $1 per month, you can do so over at Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Also, if you'd like to support this podcast with a one-time donation, you can do so on the front page of my website over at energeticprinciples.com. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady is winding down this lunar month cycle as she starts out the week in the sensitive waters of Pisces, where emotions may wash over us in the first part of the week, until hump day when she moves into the fiery pick-me-up of Aries. She hangs out in the Me-Zone until mid-afternoon on Friday when she moves into the stable Earth of Taurus, and where she will wane down to the darkness of her new moon in Taurus on Saturday afternoon, at least here on the Pacific Coast. And she will remain in this practical grounded sign for the rest of the weekend before she sneaks into Airy Gemini Sunday evening. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe at about 8 hours, and if you are in Australia or the East at about 17 hours, or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, my friends, uh, we have the big news of Saturn stationing retrograde this week while being conjunct the south node, which does not happen every day by any means. Um, And we also have a very active week, especially uh, in the mercurial realm, and communications may be rolling in. Restlessness is on the scene and, you know, we are feeling it as Mercury makes a sextile to Mars, a square to Saturn and that south node right as it's stationing, a trine to Jupiter and also a square to Pluto. So Mercury is making the rounds this week. We also have the weekend bringing us a new moon in Taurus, and then the next day Mars will make that opposition to Jupiter in Sagittarius. So there is a lot going on this week, but I mean, what else is new with the stars, it seems? So let's not waste any time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Pisces, and she will make a sextile to the sun. We also have Saturn stationing retrograde that day, and uh, we'll be making his uh, conjunction to the south node on Tuesday. But really, I'm going to encapsulate this all in one segment. Um, and just so you know, Mercury is going to be activating that this Capricorn configuration all week as well. So there's a lot of significance in what is happening um, as far as Saturn is concerned. And so, you know, we've been through a handful of significant outer planetary stations recently. So if you're like, what is going on in this world? (laughs) Um, Because first we had Jupiter stationing the week of April 8th, uh, where we had that sun squaring both Saturn and Pluto. And then last week, Pluto stationed after its own south node pass. And now Saturn is set to do the same. And so whenever planets are stationary, they become extra strong. And with, you know... Uh, the karmic conditions and the release energy of the south node uh, being in conjunction to all these shifts in motion that we're feeling, there is a specific heaviness in the air as weighty situations come to the f- forefront, asking that we accept the scenarios at hand. And chances are we are presented with certain frameworks or limitations or even obstacles that are attempting to constrict and reroute the energy of our goals and commitments. And so whatever is introduced at this time will have some space for assessment while Saturn is in, in its retrograde cycle. Yet it's likely that these themes will be revisited when Saturn— uh, While Saturn's retrograde, Saturn will meet the south node again on July 4th um, with the final pieces of the puzzle coming in once Saturn stations direct on September 18th and then makes a final pass to the south node on September 27th. So we are definitely developing a story here. And so take in what comes at this time in relation to, you know, The long term plan of what your goals and your, you know, strategies look like here, uh, while also accepting where we may need to kind of get real around these areas. What's possible? Is this the right way? You know, like we kind of need to pull it back and rein it in. And so there can certainly be an overlay of fear this week as heavier considerations hit our plates, yet Saturn is a fan of those who take their time and have the maturity and self-discipline to handle whatever pressure comes their way. So... That being said, (laughs) that heavy segment being said here, the bottom line for Monday is is that with Luna and Pisces, we are feeling our way through things right now and are in need of being receptive to the energies that come in. And luckily with that sextile to the sun, we are able to easily align with our conscious understanding or experience an illumination of sorts that helps to ease any tensions that may surround us at this time. So going with the flow is key today. So adapt to where the current is taking you. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is still in Pisces. Uh, She'll make a super early conjunction to Neptune, basically why we sleep. There will be a square to Mars, a sextile to Saturn and Pluto, and then a square to Jupiter. And so uh, we have our first mercurial transit taking place on Tuesday. Mercury is going to make a sextile to Mars, which is significant because Mercury is in Aries right now. Mars is in Gemini. They are in mutual reception to one another. So they are basically, uh, you know, ping-ponging off of one another. And so what is ping-ponging, basically? Well, Mercury is what, uh, you know, information we take in, how we perceive things, what we learn about, what's communicated to us and what we're communicating to someone else, Uh, news that comes in or transactions that we are to make um, on a financial realm or even just any type of kind of bartering type of thing. And so, uh, of course, sextiles help to create opportunities or open the door in some way. And these two are in mutual reception, so they're re- the door is wide open, basically. Um, and so Mars, well, yeah, what's that door opening to? Well, Mars is trying to focus that action. It's trying to direct motivation uh, or assert ourselves in some way. Um, and. Because Mars is in Gemini right now, there is, uh, you know, a lot of mental action going on. And so, okay, so having kick, basically kicking off a a very mercurial week as, The messenger makes this first, um, well, and only uh, configuration to Mars and Gemini. So they're kind of doing this, you know, they're tangling in a mutual reception dance where basically energy is going to speed up and there's a lot of action at play because we're talking about fire and air signs here. So movement is happening. um, You know, they're talking to one another. And so that mental energy is fired up. It's enthusiastic. It's passionate. It is... Out there. (laughs) And so, you know, phones are ringing off the hook at this time, or texts are coming in with a lot of information, or there's a plethora of communicative agendas this week where a lot needs to be said, communicated uh, back and forth, you know, this type of thing. And so, our action energy is entertaining multiple options of where to assert our drive because it's connecting with that Gemini uh, land of possibilities. So, while Mercury is in a space that views life as a conquest, because it is in Aries, We're kind of ready to head down whatever path seems uh, most promising at this time. But do keep in mind that debates will be ablaze and a lot of us may enthusiastically express our own opinions to others which can actually stir the pot a lot right now. Um and these two have each other's back so to speak because they're in mutual reception. Yet given their current signs, you know, all that glitters may not be gold because there is no uh, dignity other than that reception. And so um You know, (laughs) so just be aware of that. So there is room to get the conversation started at this time, um, but it's likely to take some twists and turns as the week goes on. And so the bottom line for Tuesday is, is that Luna is still gliding through the sensitive waters of Pisces and makes a supportive connection with Saturn as it meets the south node in exact conjunction. Because keep in mind, Saturn is still stationing, carrying over, making that south node conjunction, so that is energy is hot today as well. Um, or dry, as we'd say, since we're in Capricorn here in Saturn. Um, so the nature of release may be upon us at this time, especially with this moon in, in Pisces here and making connections to Pluto. So try not to hold too tight of an emotional grip on things. Um, there may be a little uncertainty or anxiety in the air or on our plates with that square to Mars, particularly as Mercury is making uh, you a know, flowing back and forth with Mars right now. And it's likely to center all around, um, you know, all the possibilities for growth that are now being pushed forward. And so situations are changing, and we must continue to accept and go with the flow. Um, So give way to some quiet time for reflection on what you want to grow and flourish in your life, uh, because the moon is getting darker and darker as we get to this new moon. And so introspection uh, can be very beneficial throughout this week. All right. So Wednesday, the moon is in Aries and, you know, emotional energy is definitely going to shift. Uh, it is May Day since we are in that first, uh, day of May on Wednesday, which switching months here. Uh, however, we have no lunar aspects perfecting on Wednesday. However, we do have Mercury uh, making the square to that stationing retrograde Saturn. Um, so we already covered what Mercury is with all that information and, and you know news and understanding there. Um, and so you know what what news is coming in basically. Well, it's a square aspect, so. Action is heated up, events are taking place, there's challenges underway, there's some friction. um, And so where is this friction uh, activating? Well, Saturn is very strong and is looking to us to, um, or <laughs> basically talking to us saying, okay, so what are we committing here to? What's this long-term look like? How are we organizing this? What does the organization look like? What's the structure? What do we need to consolidate and constrict, uh, and, and pull back on? And so this is a very powerful configuration with Saturn stationary and conjunct the South node. So keep that in mind. This is not your normal Mercury square Saturn action. Uh, So also remember all the stuff, Saturn stuff I just talked about, (laughs) you know, put that into what we're talking about here. And so our messenger is now going to get a dose of kind of that, you know, sugarless Saturn medicine, as we can say. And so where ideas were just flying around, uh, you know, earlier with our sextile to Mars there, we may now have to pull it back and get serious about some things. So rather than the abstract, we need to get down to the nuts and bolts and push themselves into some problem-solving uh, and quite possibly out of necessity rather than desire and so those in authority may bring challenge today or be be challenging um, or if you're in a position of authority you may find your authority challenged or you know hear things that are like oh it's not what I was planning on. <laughs> um, and so we also may hear news that brings some sort of separation or a sense of aloneness because Saturn is a cold and dry energy, especially in Capricorn. Uh, so it has a separate separatist Type of nature. Wow, I'd say that three times fast. Um, yet, with Saturn stationing in on the South Node, I have a feeling that whatever comes in with this message, it is one that needs to sink in and be taken seriously. Uh, for tomorrow's aspects are going to lend more to the story. So the bottom line for Wednesday is that emotional energy rushes ahead as our lunar lady is now in the initiating fires of Aries. And so change is brewing, and there are situations that come on the scene that may fire us up. Uh, They may need immediate attention, and they may provide, uh, you know— or stimulate reactions of the temperament, which can be a little bit irritating. And with Luna decreasing in light and having, uh, you know, fast-paced yet heavier energies that are swirling around this week, it's best to pick the low-hanging fruit at this time so you feel like you're making progress and that it's not as overwhelming. Now, on Thursday, the moon is still in Aries, um, and she will make a conjunction to Venus, a square to Saturn, a sextile to Mars, and then a square to Pluto. So, uh, Luna is talking on Thursday, but so is Mercury, and so is everybody, because Mercury's talking. Everyone's going to be talking. Uh, So, our Mercury story carries on with a square to Pluto, who is retrograde now, uh, and also a trine to Jupiter, who is also retrograde. Because keep in mind, these planets just stationed earlier uh, in the month. And so we're going to combine these two together, so we remember what Mercury's doing here. you know that information things coming in um squares we remember they're challenging, they give friction, they cause events and action uh now the trine to Jupiter the trine is going to have uh where where're Pluto has kind of blocks in, like, you know, sharp corners. The trying to Jupiter is just flowing. There's no boundaries. It is just going, and there's no stopping that. So we get news uh, that is causing friction with that Pluto energy, which Pluto asks us to, you know, tap into some deeper emotions around, uh, you know, change and transforming our life in some way or purifying it um, out of, you know, necessity. And so it can be a heavy, denser energy to work with. Yet that trying to Jupiter, that is, you know, not stopping. Well, Jupiter doesn't stop either. Jupiter is all about expansion, growth, movement. And so, you know, news comes in where we're propelling forward. So, um, you know— it's interesting because we have the cardinal energy of Mercury in Aries uh, instigating the new, and the trying to mutable Jupiter says this is happening no matter what, so we have to kind of be adaptable and go with the flow here. And so it's likely that more will come to a head on today, um, on Thursday, as the messenger meets both Pluto and Jupiter in aspect. Um, and so we're, we have these changes that are further verbalized and initiated. And some of this may be communicated in the external world, And some of this may actually be understood on more of an internal level now that these planets are uh, retrograde. So this is kind of an inside job to some extent. It's, It's, you know, it's dancing in both worlds, basically. And so whenever Pluto interacts with another planet in hard aspect, there is that transformational energy that is swirling about. And so our intellect, you know, because it is Mercury here, is diving deep. And we may be obsessed over what is on our minds at this time uh, or where we want to dig in and research our way to understand the very core or the uh, a crux of a mental energy that, you know, make feel all-consuming at this time. Um, And also with Jupiter trining in, he is ramping up this energy further because Jupiter grows whatever it touches, um, and it likes to exaggerate it and amplify it in some way. And so we are trying to see the big picture while also being aware of the bits and pieces that comprise the whole. So do not be surprised if you find yourself in a space of mental overload at this time, or really just this week in general. Um, And as this is a cardinal initiating energy that is underway, kind of mixed with the mutable transitionary energy of Jupiter, which is in its domicile, you know, whatever communications come in that are aligned with growth are likely to happen no matter what. So we will have to do our best to go with the flow. Also note, with Mercury and Aries and most of us having our own agendas, you know, because Aries is all about the self and what the self needs here. And especially since Mercury and Mars are all buddy-buddy right now in their mutual reception dance, (laughs) you may want to be aware of others trying to coax you towards their plan or their motivation, or if you find yourself doing the same to another. Um, Because we all have our own decisions to make in life, and if we respect the space of others, we'll get that respect in return. So just keep that in mind. So, the bottom line for Thursday is is that Luna is challenging that Saturn-Pluto configuration that Mercury is activating, um, and making this a dynamic and potentially trying day. Yet, as the Moon is waning down, we are in that introspective space, and one that can release and find wisdom if personal space is allowed. Um, And it's likely to be a fast-paced day that feels demanding, as if we uh, may have to be the hero of our own journey from time to time. And As information comes in, it will give us a lot to chew over, so attempt not to move too quickly as there can be a restless impatience in the air, yet our overall growth vibe says to keep the big picture in sight, adapt the mind where necessary, and give the situation some space. Now, on Friday, the moon is still in Aries, uh, but she will glide into Taurus around uh, mid-afternoon here uh, in the U.S. Um, And along the way, uh, while we sleep, she's going to be trining Jupiter, make a conjunction to Mercury. And then later on uh, in the evening, she'll make a conjunction to Uranus. And so we get a break from our exact transits, but keep in mind, we are feeling everything all week. And so there's a blend of everything of what I'm talking about here. And so the bottom line for Friday, Friday is is that the light of the moon continues to wind down, and we have sort of a two-part day on our hands here. So we are still in the fires of Aries for the first half, and then that energy is going to settle down and stabilize once Luna moves into Taurus. Now, a little bit of caveat here, uh, of course, uh, because Uranus is now in Taurus. So basically, whenever something's hitting early degrees Taurus, you know, We're not going to get that stability right away. Um, So just be aware that there can be some discomfort that comes up um, or maybe some sudden shifts in our mood that disrupt our peace in some way. So, the evening vibe can be a little shifty, so to speak. We might feel ourselves shifting and a little restless, and it's just, you know, unsettled. Um, so, take some time in the evening to get into an introspective space, as it can be calming and stabilizing after this very active week that's on our hands. So, some gentle yoga or uh, maybe placing your feet on the earth can help ground any erratic energy that may be flowing through you at this time. Now, on Saturday, we have our new moon in Taurus, and of course, uh, Luna will make a conjunction to the Sun, because that is what our new moon is, Uh, and then we'll make a sextile to Neptune. And so, of course, our big news of the day is that new moon in Taurus at 14 degrees and 11 minutes. It will happen at 3.48 p.m. here uh, on the Pacific coast, which is 6.48 p.m. on the East Coast. Um, And so here we have our yearly manifestation new moon uh, as we are planting seeds that help stabilize work projects and future security while birthing new conditions that are to become the status quo. And so there's likely to be a you know a Venusian tension during this lunar month based on the moon ruler's aspects that are coming down the pipeline during the waxing cycle. So to find out more about what I'm talking about here and all these moving parts, I recommend that you check out my new moon article, which comes out a few days before the new moon. And if you'd like that sent directly to your uh, email inbox, you can sign up for the my mailing list at the bottom of my front page over at energeticprinciples.com. I also have my moon animal monthly uh, that assigns moon animals and gives you an overview of the lunar month. Um, that is part of my Patreon subscription uh, of $3 per month if you want to check that out. Also, look out for next week's episode with the fabulous and ever-informative Kelly Surtees, where we are going to examine Venus and how she mingles with other planetary energies. All right, so to bring it back down to Saturday here in our bottom line, uh, you know, this day is likely to be a bit sleepy as Luna is in a very quiet phase and in the calm stillness of the Earth sign Taurus. And also with her supportive sextile to Neptune, this may be a day where we need to catch up on practical concerns like sleep, nutrition, uh, relaxation, or other nurturing actions that can help tune us back into the body and what it needs. So take your time today. Uh, no need to rush. Even if you have a lot on your plate with that upcoming Mars-Jupiter opposition that I'm about to talk about here, um, you know, add a little dose of patience to all that you do because we just need to, you know, ground and reconnect with ourselves at this time. All right, so Sunday, we've almost made it through the week. Um, so Sunday we have the moonstone Taurus, and she will squeak into Gemini later later in the evening here on the Pacific coast. For you know, most of the day we are in that Taurus energy. And she will make an early morning trine to Saturn and a trine to Pluto. And so also of note today we have Mars making an opposition to Jupiter, who is now retrograde. And so, uh, Mars, like we said earlier, is about where we assert ourselves and how we focus our action and our drive and what we're motivated towards. Um, It can also bring up some anger at times, you know, because Mars is going after what it wants and it's going to stop at nothing, basically. And so Mars is an opposition. So oppositions are always when we're kind of called to make a choice or a decision about something, or maybe we are in a tug of war between two things, and we're trying to get that bird's eye view to meet in the middle there. And so essentially there's opposing forces at play or some sort of relating dynamics, because oppositions usually involve something outside of us, and a lot of times that's other people. (laughs) Um, And so Jupiter, once again, is where we're growing and expanding and having movement. So, now, I'll just make a quick note here that it's actually been since October and November of last year that we've had any personal planet oppositions or any oppositions other than the moon taking place. And so, Mars hasn't actually made an opposition opposition to Jupiter since February 27th of 2017. So, this doesn't come around every day. Um, so, it's been a minute. Um, and we've also received, uh, you know, so it's been a minute since we've had this growth kind of you know, energy where we're, we're looking at something, We're we're looking across the, the room at something. And it actually hasn't exactly happened in this sign configuration since August of 2007. So if you can remember back then, you can kind of pull back and look at maybe what was being activated for you at that time. But I know, you know a lot gets thrown at us these days, so it's hard to remember so far back. And so there is something to be said about the infrequency of this transit that adds extra impact to its significance. And so here we are embracing the waxing energy of the new moon, because you know we've just started a new cycle here. And so, uh, you know, new situations are beginning to grow forward, yet they may be doing so in, in leaps and bounds as bigger picture considerations are influencing our actions at this time. And we may be in a growth-related tug-of-war as we pit facts against beliefs and ideologies about what our story looks like and about what is possible. Um, especially if others come at us with decisions that have already been uh, been or they need to be made. Um, so here's, our, here's where our, you know, what we're pitted against, sort of. Um, and this is a time that we are likely to be acting from a space that defends our freedoms. Um, and as these are chatty air and fire energies, uh, we might be in a heated debate um, at this time, either with ourselves uh, internally, uh, with our shadow selves, or with other people. And so be conscious of your actions. As we are moving so fast these days, we may get tripped up. Yet we can also do some intelligent planning at this time while looking at the larger scope of things. Yet be sure not to say yes to too much at this time, or you may find yourself overextended, especially with other people's demands. So as we, as with most oppositions, it can kind of go either way. For some, this might be a space where good luck favors you, and you know you happen to appear at the right place at the right time, but your chart has to support that current configuration. Uh, it could also bring about situations of conflict and going overboard, but of course your chart has to, you know, support that current configuration. So there's a lot that goes into this for exactitudes of what you're going to experience. But either way, we are all growing in this process and Jupiter is going to guarantee that. Uh, And I just want to say, keep in mind that this, you know, we're feeling this transit all week and even the week prior because Mars is a bit of a slow mover, moves slower than the sun. So we've been in this orb for some time now. So this resonates with you on a bigger picture level and like a larger period of time. That makes a lot of sense. So, the bottom line for Sunday here, as this report is getting rather long, um, is that energy is still on the slower side as the moon is in the late degrees of Taurus. Yet, this being a celebratory holiday, because it is Cinco de Mayo, uh, you know, and we have Mars opposing Jupiter in in a social and outward, you know, engaging signs, this can be a day of fun and relaxation in social settings, um, you know, where we can chat it up with friends and celebrate the holiday. And so, Luna's basically doing her thing and carrying on previous agendas as we wrap up the Taurus cycle, Uh, yet we are likely to feel her shift into Gemini later in the evening, especially if you're here on the Pacific Coast and you might still be up. Um, And you may find that sleep in general might be a little restless that night because there might be a lot now weighing on our minds. So to wrap that all up, the universe hurls more things our way as messages of constriction for rapid growth come in, and we begin to rope off certain avenues uh, that are not, or might be no-goes while also clearing the path towards others. And so changing conditions are inevitable at this time, and our new moon in Taurus seeks to open us up to what is to be our new normal. All right, so now let's add a little bit of card placements in here to add a little uh, flavor. Uh, And so this week, I drew the five of pentacles as the focus and the ace of pentacles as the grounding. So we see the pentacles and these earthly energies are here this week. And so with the five of pentacles as the focus, the tides are changing this week, and there may be challenging situations ahead of us, which uh, you've already heard in my report here. And so this card usually speaks to when energies are lower, just in general, general. Um, So there may be some more sickness on the scene for some people. They might just feel a little run down, or there could be a sense of displacement um, where we're just feeling, you know, not like we belong anywhere or out of whack in a way. Uh, And it can feel as if a winter of the soul has rolled into town a little bit. And so changes in work, finances, home situations, uh, these may be upon us. Um, But even in trying times, there are always brighter days ahead. So now is the time to conserve and be frugal and be like that squirrel and like put our nuts in the ground basically here while also being able to connect with a spiritual principle of hope and faith that the situation will turn around despite how it may appear in this moment. Because this card definitely says, okay, you know, looks can be deceiving. We still have to hold faith here. So if you find yourself feeling, uh, you know, worried or a little helpless to the larger forces that are at play this week, know that this soon shall pass and that it is time to keep the faith. Now, with the Ace of Pentacles as the grounding, part of the changes that are happening may be trying to get us to the fertile ground that is needed to build anew or to realize our aspirations further. Especially if you may have been stuck in a no man's zone of the five for a while now, if you've kind of found yourself in the winter of the soul for a while, this could be saying that, uh, you know, staying hopeful will be necessary in starting fresh and on solid footing. And so there may even be an opportunity before us that we are unsure of, or that may displace us in some way, or we don't feel we have the strength or the resources to embark upon. Or it's quite possible that a non-desirable change in this moment is actually leading towards a fresh opportunity that actually has great potential, despite how it looks in this particular moment. So take your time this week and do some grounding meditations to help work through the energies uh, that are underway, because heavy Saturn transits can ask a lot of our resilience. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the Falcon. Our feathered friend is here to remind us this week that when there is an opportunity before us, uh, that sometimes we have to dive down and swoop on it without equivocation. And so even if we are feeling doubtful or worry that we are unprepared, uh, That definitely speaks to what I just said with all the tarot cards there. We still have to make a move if we are going to grab the offer that sits before us. Um, Sometimes it's the very decision to act that then opens the floodgates to the resources and the support um, that we seek to bring help our way. So embrace this time of action and stay focused on the mission ahead, or we may lose valuable opportunities that can help us reach um, our goals, basically. All right. So now if you want to go deeper with the energy and how these transits will interact with you personally, I encourage you to sign up for my tarot subscription on Patreon. Um, and so every week I create a custom spread that looks at the energies of uh, the astrological energies and then pairs um, uh, a, an interactive tarot spread to work with. And I also touch on more themes Um as well uh, there. So I'd make a little video, uh, about an eight-minute long video, that uh, kind of encapsulates a lot of things um, and brings new considerations. And so last week, we were examining the self, and this week, we are taking good care. So if you want to find out more or to check out a freebie spread, you can do so over at Patreon, at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome this week's special guest. We have Melanie Gurley from Beautiful Astrology. Hi, Melanie. Hello. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. I've been wanting to reach out to her for a while, actually, because I've enjoyed her um, astro body diagrams that she puts on her Instagram page from uh, time to time. And so we're going to be talking about that type of thing today. Um, But before we get started here, Melanie, will you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Of course, yeah. I'm Melanie Gurley, and my website is Beautiful Astrology, and that's what I do all of my work under. Um, I've studied astrology for several years and tie it into kind of magic studies and mindfulness-based practices and studies that I did before that. And I also attended the Portland School of Astrology. Hmm. And I'm on the board of the Oregon Astrological Association and the Steering Committee of the association for astrological networking. So I really like to get in there and help build community and help people learn. So those are some things I'm about. Yes, well, those are good things to be about for sure. It's
0: uh, good to spread uh, spread the good word and to work on your um, because you know astrology has such a presence these days uh, via the web, as we know, for good or bad. <laughs> but that's another podcast in itself. Um, but there's something to be said about your local organizations and coming together as a community. Um, and I I'm on the board of the San Diego Astrological Society. I'm the vice president, and uh, it is
1: so rewarding to meet in person. Don't you think, Melanie? Yeah, I love it. And also just because I can't help but mention it, for, um, if you are, a if you participate in a local group or even would like to start one, AFAN just started a local groups network on Facebook. So everyone can join. It's open to the public. So you could come and um, add your information to our list and it helps Like we get so many ideas from just the way different groups do different things. Mm. And then speakers could even like, it might be easier to coordinate speakers who are traveling to go like from group to group to group. Um, So anyway, that's just an open invitation to put in yourself.
0: (laughs) And that's a great resource to have because, um, as a musician, you know, when I I would book tours for the band, like you need that networking where you because it doesn't make sense to put all your time, energy, and resources to go like one place that's kind of far away, unless you get paid a lot of money for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So to have these resources where we can connect with one another and like you know, kind of build a tour in that way, that's very valuable, um, for the community just in general. And like you said, to like, see what other people are doing, what are, what's your group doing? And, you know, because there's always, uh, room for good ideas and improvement and, you know, trying new things. Um, especially for us, we're an older group. We've been around since 1974. So, you know, it's, it has its ways, <laughs> uh, yeah. but our our progress charts actually um, the sun and the moon is about to have a new moon conjunction on zero degrees Gemini. So everything's changing mm-hmm. for our group. Um, I have a feeling down the path here, but yeah. anywho. <laughs> <Exciting>. <laughs> um, so now before we get started about bodies, I thought we'd just talk a little bit, uh, pick your brain of what you think about some of the current energy that's going on. Because when this is going to air, we're going to have Saturn stationing, dir- uh, not direct, not yet, <laughs> retrograde, <laughs> uh, and doing so on the south node in Capricorn there. And then we have this new moon in Taurus. And so, I mean, Melanie, what do you think about, especially that Saturnian energy, um, <laughs> What do you have to say on that?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um, I kind of have an eye on it. <laughs> like
0: yes. a side
1: eye. <laughs> Definitely a side eye. <laughs> yeah, What's well, going to happen there. Um, it's not like the happiest arrangement I've ever seen in a, in a astrological chart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we've, we've kind of already had some previews of what it could be like. And of course it always depends on what everything else in the sky is doing. Um, the main kind of ideas I'm getting around about it are kind of like maybe disruption of structure mm. um, of some kind. And that'll, that'll probably come out in the global news in some way or another. And then also in personal charts, depending on where, it, where Capricorn is showing up in your, in your house, which house is showing up in. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I might stay home that day. <laughs> 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 all and gloom, but. You just, just like, stay put. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, uh, eat like, some like, grounding foods, like root vegetables and miso soup and... Yeah. Outside or something. Did
0: That's you? actually a really good idea because we might kind of feel... <laughs> there could be some heaviness at that time, you know? And we're experiencing that as we're recording this right now. We actually have Pluto stationing uh, retrograde as well. And so there's a lot of dense energy in the skies right now, Um which is weird it's because I Melanie and I could both look at it and we'd be like hmm yeah that's not the <laughs> that's not the prettiest of pictures um, but I have, I'm kind of feeling within my own self, yeah, it could be hard there can be those systems breaking down and and you know things falling away or having to deal with some tougher issues in life um, but at the same time, I almost feel with that south node co- connection there's almost like at least for me, I feel like there's a personal release happening in, in some areas. I mean, it doesn't come without the struggle or like the, you know, the, the maybe the block that had to then release whatever that is. But um, yeah, so it's kind of a, it's a mixed bag, I think, over here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, like Melanie said, wherever Capricorn's in your chart, you know, that's,
1: that's where we're going to be, want to be looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not everybody has something exactly there. So you might yeah. like witness it for other people rather than experience it yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was something else about, Oh, it, almost, it was making me think as you were talking, it made me kind of picture like, maybe there's like a, a fence somewhere that doesn't need to be there anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like a, like you need a, a gate through the fence or something like a, somehow an opening with, with the South node being the kind of, release valve Um oh I just got t- chills as you said that because that
0: that aligns with my life very perfectly. So uh I back that <laughs> <laughs> I back that need for a gate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um because you know, sometimes we have our own obstacles in, in life. And, you know, speaking as Scorpio rising, you know, Capricorn sitting in my third house, a lot of times for me, my own obstacle is my, my attitude or my, my mental assessment of what's going on or what I tell myself in the mind. And sometimes, uh, there could be so much wall there that I do need that gate (laughs) in order to like let down the boundaries enough to, uh, maybe open up to something.
1: Um, -hmm. Yeah, and i i i'm not i'm not advocating tearing down this particular quote unquote wall, whatever it is, because it is still Saturn and Capricorn. Like, but like just that release about like still having your boundaries, but having them like a little more permeable, maybe, so it's Mm -hmm. not so rigid. Yes,
0: and and that kind of makes sense with our um the other thing that's happening this week that as this airs is that New Moon in Taurus because we have that Taurus uh, representative Venus who's in Aries. Not her most comfortable position, and she's going to be in you know tense configurations with both Saturn and Pluto and the South Node, and all that. And so, I mean, what do you that that kind of opens up to the gate too? Because you know Venus is always open to things or attracts things, you know. And so, I'm your gate analogy kind of worked well in my mind with that as well. But I mean, what do you see for this new moon?
1: Yeah, well, I'm just real quick on the on bringing Venus and Aries into the gate scenario. Yes, (laughs) I'm I'm picturing her like almost like Artemis, like just like running and jumping over the fence. Like you don't, she doesn't even need the gate. She's just going to do what she needs to do. But, Mm. um, but coming back to the new moon, the new moon in Taurus feels really, um, really, it it feels like a really good time to, for grounding, like kind of what I was saying earlier, like just laying on the ground, even it could be a really good practice, especially with Uranus and Taurus over the next few years. I actually think just grounding practices in general, especially literally your feet on the earth will, or your body on the earth will be really helpful for everyone. Um,
0: yeah, definitely. When I feel like a um, pretty frazzled out, which can definitely happen with a chart ruler of Mars and Gemini, that totally happens to me. I have to take a walk into the park and I have to take my shoes off and just put my feet on the ground, and like I will feel just the pulses of like release of just all the energy that I'm like you know that's static around me and buzzing around me the I'll just like take it earth, just take it from me <laughs> and uh I really feel it um and it's so helpful, but it's so forgetful too, to do something so simple like that
1: a lot of the yeah, where it's like it's not it's most people i feel are pretty commonly uh, like dissociated from nature you know even just living in my house like a lot of times i'll just be sitting here at my t- i can see outside <laughs> but yeah. i'll sit at the table and like work on my computer and you know it's to, even just taking 5 minutes to go lay under the tree is life-changing, really. It is. It is. And um,
0: yes, I mean, that's what happens. We get disconnected from nature with our fast-paced, modern lives. And sometimes I don't know if that is a good thing. You know, like, you know, we always of technology and advancements and here we are, we're moving into the future. And I'm like, but I feel like we're disconnected from ourselves and our our planet and who we are in many ways. And um, so... That's another podcast too, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, but that being said, yes, definitely uh, take that advice for grounding, um, especially since all these um, astrological events that we just spoke of are happening in earth signs, essentially. So that can be very beneficial um, at this time. Uh, So now let's get into talking about the body. (laughs) Let's talk about Melody's uh, astrobody work. So tell me about astrobodies in general and what sparked your interest in working with planetary
1: energies in relation to the body and all that. Awesome. Yeah. So astrobodies is a system of drawing the natal chart onto a body frame. And the way I've done it is basically like stick figures with just simple lines that represent the planetary placements, um, kind of mimicking like my interpretation of the energy of the planet. So, you know, the sun has like big pointy rays, kind of like a a kindergartner would draw the sun. And then the moon has more like soft round, rays kind of like a flower petal. And then Venus is like a smaller version of that, like little tiny flower petals. So every planet has its own line type, but then also there's um, color coding by the element of the sign. So you can see at a glance if somebody has all earth and no fire or, or whatever, um, and you, you kind of get like a vibe of their energy. I've done my whole family and like showed it to my nieces and my parents. And they're not astrologers or woo in any yeah. sense. But even they are like, oh yeah, that's grandma. Like they can tell by the, mm. by the type of energy that, that shows up. So that's really fun and exciting. I, that's partly why I like it and why I'm, I'm doing it is to make the invisible apparent. Because mm. natal charts can be really... You know, it's like gobbledygook if you're not, if you don't know what any of it is, it's yeah. just all these glyphs on a chart and you're like, okay, whatever, that doesn't really mean anything, but everyone can relate to a, a body, you know, yeah. because we're all human. So we can see the figural representation of the energy and kind of make sense of it, even if you don't know what every line means or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, and even the and- color dynamics, like the, the colors just, they just pop out. And like you said, you could see if someone's heavy in the one sign element versus the other, you know, like they're just. They they're visually so expressive. So I could see how maybe someone would more intuitively connect with that, um, just understanding that. Um yeah, anyways, I digress. <laughs> Very cool.
1: Yeah. But then how I got into it is I you know, I've been at uh doing astrology for years and had a a real interest in medical astrology. Um And then this class came up at Portland School of Astrology taught by Andrea Gerrits and Casey Cardoso. And they're kind of developing their own um, system of understanding based on like based on uh, anatomy, Mm. like so kind of blending like modern science with historical, traditional medical astrology. And, you know, I loved the class so much and during that class they encouraged us to do different kinds of drawings and then I took that impetus and, and ran with it and just didn't stop drawing and kept going and going until I made this whole system. And I loved the class so much that I even went back the next year and took the same class over because oh. <laughs> it was just like, I knew it would be slightly different and just because they were still developing their work and everything. And so it helped me develop mine too. And um, in fact, they have a book coming out pretty soon that I've helped with that's very exciting. So everyone keep tuned, stay tuned for that. Um, It's by Moira Press, M-O-I-R-A. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I, I did that class and then um, had this great Saturn transit over my fifth house of creativity. So I was getting like refining my creative practices, which was this thing. This is what was birthed at that time. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty fun how the transits lined up. Um, Yeah, that's how it came to be that's so cool because i it really is art
0: like all astrology aside like it's it's pleasing to look at and like before we started um uh before we hit record on our conversation here i had mentioned her that kind of reminded me um kind of like keith haring's drawings in the 90s that were very popular with the stick figure and you know it just has that um i can't think of the word for it i can only feel the feeling but it it's almost like pop art in a in a sense like it has that um, to it. And so now is that something that you do for people? Like can people uh, contact you and they can get their body, uh, AstroBody
1: done? Definitely, for sure. Um, I, in fact, I'm getting ready to do like a big push of AstroBody's drawings. So um, I'm, they're going to be on a sale price, and I'm hoping to do a whole bunch of them all at once. So if anyone's listening, that come on in, come on over, <laughs> we'll make it happen um, for sure. It's really, and I've also done uh, so I can do like single ones, but I've also done family groups, hmm. and that's really fun too because then you can see like how mom and son relates and how dad, like dad and the other son are more similar than this. You know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. different family dynamics that you you can actually see <laughs> with your yeah. eyes and, and kind of feel, oh yeah, those two are like more fiery and these two are more watery. And then even in my own family, doing individual ones for each person, we, we all kind of realize like, oh, this niece is a lot like this aunt and this grandma, like they'll be good um kind of role models for her mentors because they have a similar makeup you know so we'll mm-hmm. be like right okay we're going to work with her kind of the way we work with her but, and that lines up because you can't parent parent I mean you can totally parent by yourself but it's great to know like just even with your eyes like who's going to be a good ally for your child
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I guess that kind of speaks to the idea of, uh, you know, ancestral heritage too and what comes down because I, you know, maybe you've noticed the same thing, but I noticed that a lot of times, and, and maybe it's just with women, I'll have to explore that further, but there is that connection to the grandmother on either side, like that something skips a generation. I mean, even male pattern baldness, skips, <laughs> you know, the same type of thing. Um, and so I feel really connected with both my grandma, uh, both grandmas on either side, even though I never met my one grandma, who actually was a mystery for many years. There, uh, She had... Um. I think the total was 12 children uh, and she didn't raise 10 of them. So basically she was this gypsy nomad woman that was going around doing her thing. She was a dancer. She was a, a, a psychic reader and, and no one knew where she was. There were like streams online, like trying to find her. And then when I finally, uh, we finally found her, we found her right before she passed away, actually. And, uh, on ancestry.com recently, I was able to find her birth, um, information and get a time, which, oh my God, you you can imagine how excited I was. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, uh, we had a lot of similarities in our chart. We both have Uranus exactly on the ascendant. And, um, and so, even though I don't kn- didn't know this woman, there was that passing on of similar energy. And of course, I had that with the grandma that I did know. But it was like I'm this perfect fuse of the two of them together. So with the astro bodies, I would think that we would start to see the you know who's patterning patterning with who.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's really cool, your story. I like I have theories about that. How how like sometimes the grandma and the daughter get along better than the mother and the daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my theories is just that it's simply Pluto generations. Cause like oh. there's two Pluto generations next to each other, they're not really gonna get, get each other. But if you go to the, the sextile sign, there'll be there'll be like a little more flow between those two. It could be as simple as that. But that doesn't explain like Exactly. You're honest on the ascendant. Like
0: you're saying, well, Yeah. yeah, well, it's just those things that surprise you. And it's like, no wonder that, you know, and especially not knowing that about myself for so long in that side. And even I was separated from that side when I was super young and that's part of my own, you know, chart and karma and things like that. But, um, you know, there was a pattern that was playing out there despite me not even being aware of it, you know? Mm. <laughs> and so that's super cool. Um, kind of, <laughs> <Not> in, <laughs> some parts of my life, not so much, but in hindsight, it's cool. Yeah. Um, now, so you do the astrobody, uh, uh, diagrams and I'll have to find one and put it on my blog space. So when we, air this. I can reference people over so you know what we're looking at, what we're talking about here since it's audio and not visual. Um, But you also did a cool photo series on your IG where you're
1: featuring different body parts and the signs, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's been really fun. Um, You know, originally I had planned like this, you know, sometimes in my mind anyway, I have these like grand visions and I wanted it to be really professional and in a studio and like really perfect. And I was like, Oh, forget it, I'll never do it if I leave it up to that standard. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it in my backyard. You know, so I just bought paints and started painting my body. And I'm I'm really just using traditional medical astrology correspondences. So like Aries is the head. So I just painted red on my upper forehead and my cranium and just took a picture. So that's it's been really fun. I really love that series. And I do eventually wanna maybe do the more refined version that I'm been dreaming but it, it actually just felt so good to, to just take action and and do it um yeah I would love for people to go see that it's it's over I'm at beautiful astrology on instagram
0: yes and it's it's cool because it's so stark because she just uses one color to ex- exemplify you know what uh part of the body assigns with that sign and we're going to go over this in a second we're just going to give it a little kind of a Verbal cheat sheet of like what that looks Like um but it is It's stark when you when you look at it And it's it's like your drawings It has that very artistic quality To it you know it's bringing me focally Into something and I'm you know understanding it, connecting with it. And I just thought it was super cool, especially when you had to get to some of the, maybe the more controversial body parts. So you're not kicked off of Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So that being said, okay, so let's tell the listeners a little bit about these, you know, sign body correlations. So I'm, I'm going to list the sign. And then Melanie, do you want to tell people what, uh, what's going on there. So of course, we're going to start with Aries because everything
1: starts with Aries. <laughs> so what body parts do we have there? Yeah. So as I mentioned, it's basically the head. Uh, it's really kind of minus the lower jaw. It's like the the cranium that contains the brain and um, the, uh, like the forehead and the eye section. Mm, the eye socket. Now
0: would our mm. ears be in there or is that something... Yours are more Taurus. Okay, so we're so we're almost there. We're at the top of the head, the brain, yeah. probably. Yeah. The, yeah, the eyes, and so that kind of know almost knows. in
1: yeah, the. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. You know, actually, I mean, if we if we wanted to spend a lot of time and be really, really technical, there's there's a lot of little um, minor rulerships denoted in some of the more complex medical, traditional medical astrology books. Like, once sometimes the the left eye is the moon and the right eye is the sun and like certain parts of the ear might be to a certain sign or planet and even the nose, uh like the nostrils are considered um Scorpio because it's like a place where things come out. <laughs> mm, oh, <laughs> <You know? yes. laughs>
0: the elimination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, well and that speaks to, you know, even though we're gonna go over this pretty uh basically, how in depth that it can get when you're looking at, you know, uh specifics and especially uh you know traditional medical astrology is known as decumbiture and like the decumbiture chart and there's like a whole thing that they used to do and I mean people do now where you can look at when someone falls ill and what that looks like in that moment and how things are going to progress with the illness and uh it's really also cool but we need to also know these uh, basic rulership so that you can make those connections in the chart. Mm-hmm. So here we have Aries rolling, rolling the head at the top there. Now let's move on to Taurus. So what, what, what's the bull got? <laughs>
1: the, bull, the bull is like sensual pleasure. I always picture a a, a bull eating a daisy in a field. <laughs> it's really, yeah. It's like the throat and um, mouth. So like I would put the tongue and teeth are Taurian, you know, like that Taurus energy that likes to eat the yummy food and eat, you know, chocolate or whatever, or to sing. There's a, a like earthy um, vocal quality about it. And even the ears, it's just very, so sensory and that you kind of get even the, the, I would maybe put the nose in there a little bit too, just like as a less the elimination, but more the intake. The intake. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's all those, Sensual pleasures that are just right there in that um throat region.
0: Yeah. No, that's interesting. Uh, you know, we think of especially Taurus think about taste in that, you know, the sensory pleasures taking it in. That makes a lot of sense, you know, like you said, with the nostrils taking in a, a, some sort of scent. Hmm, that that's definitely interesting. Um Okay. So we're, so we're noticing a pattern here where we're working our way down kind of. Yes. Yes.
1: (laughs) Um, so let's move on to Gemini. So what, what are the twins? What are they representing? The twins are like the two hands basically, or the two arms, um, in the drawings and, and also even in anatomy wise, I kind of put Gemini more on the outside of the arms. Um, you can think of it almost like wings. Um, and then the, the fast little Gemini fingers to do all the little things with like typing or thing you know, just writing or things, things that you need quick finger work for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then cancer would just be like the inside of the arms. It's also really considered the the breasts and the stomach and some say like a kind of a water heart, quote unquote, it's like a... Mm which I love this idea. I mean, it there's like the fire heart for Leo, but then there's kind of the water heart. Um, it's more of just like a, an idea, I think, but it helps kind of differentiate about what you're talking about because water signs are more like the feelings. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like the emotional center but then also I put it I, I include like the crab claws like your thumb and forefinger and then all the way up the inside of your arms to your chest and breast and that I think of as like the hugging part of your body or like oh. cancers love to hug like especially yeah. cancer or even like if you imagine a mom carrying a baby that that's what that's what touches the baby yeah so that's where I put cancer Well, and it's interesting with
0: the water heart versus the fire heart, too, because uh, just those two are different as far as one is receptive and one is more outputting, um, where those feelings are taking in, but maybe that Leo is bringing the passion out, you know, kind of thing. Um, And I laughed when you're talking about Mars, uh, or not sorry, Gemini with the hands and the typing, because I have Mars and Gemini, and I type so fast. Like my, my partner, he, when he hears me type, he just starts laughing because he he sounds like, he tells me that it sounds like fake typing. (laughs) Like I'm not even really doing it, but I'm just doing it so fast that it sounds like I'm like like exaggerating. Um, But no, I'm not. (laughs) It's just going. Um, So yes. So Yeah, so we have that cancer, Gemini. So they're kind of overlapping a little bit. Like they move into each other, especially in that arm realm. And I like that. Like you said, the hug, that makes a lot of sense. Once again, like cancer and and bringing in that receptive, the hug brings someone closer and brings someone in.
1: Um, So now how about Leo? We already said the heart. I did, yeah. And Leo is often like, I think many people who know even a little bit of associations know Leo to be the heart, but there's also um, the spine and even I think kind of the whole back, but especially the spine. So it's like the core, like where your uh, vitality comes from is the, the heart keeps us going. It moves the blood, which can also be kind of a fire associated part of the body. And then, um, you know, the nerve channel. So it's like, this hot center of our beam. Yeah, well, and it's our very backbone essentially Mm -hmm. that
0: keeps us, you know, upright. And and, well, it's interesting too when you think of someone who, you know, have a backbone. They're basically saying be able to, you know, stand up for yourself or have the courage to like be, you know, and that's very much associated with Leo and the heart and being confident and courageous in in some ways. And really, you need a backbone (laughs) in order to do that, right? For
1: sure. That's interesting. Mm
0: So, all right. So now, how about, uh, how about Dear Virgo, which is always associated with the health conscious and, and Melanie's a Virgo herself, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So Virgo is, um, the digestive system. And so it's interesting. I like, I like this as just a metaphor because it's, it reminds me of how Virgos kind of like chew on ideas and digest oh, them. And yeah. What is the, they kind of like distill it down or whatever find patterns and stuff so it's a great analogy but also yeah it's just kind of like in the upper part of your stomach under your ribs and then i've seen it also refer to fingernails as virgo in some of the books and i find that curious i don't i don't really know much about it but i've also heard other people say um that virgo can also express through the hands a little bit so it's it's almost like because it's ruled by mercury and gemini is also it it's fingery? like yeah.
0: The- I've heard that too. Where actually, some people have stated that maybe Virgo is actually more uh, concerned with the dexterity of the hands than even Gemini is, just because of that, you know, skillful, more earthy, practical nature of the sign. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but and they're both double-bodied signs, so of course they can take on a little of <laughs> one another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and so yeah, my partner, he's a Virgo, and he has a lot of planets in Virgo, and. The thing that happens to him almost every time is it's all about that, that gut and that elimination system that he has trouble with, um, whether it's something that he eats or he's dealing with some emotional issues that you know, are plaguing him. It always comes back to that issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where it's at. <laughs> That's where it's at. Um, so, all right. So how about Libra? What's going on with the scales?
1: Yeah. So Libra is, um, associated with the kidneys Mm. and it's kind of like, you know, balancing the system, um, in the body, it's kind of like the mid drip, like the, almost like the muffin top area. (laughs) (laughs) I know the muffin part. (laughs) Um, and it can be, I mean, there's other correlations with it, but you know, basically we're just going head to toe in order and then it really is ruling the, the kidneys. Yes, and those mm-hmm. are vital functions <laughs> yes. to our system uh, in order to
0: filtrate things. Essentially, then the blood, right? Um, is that what kidneys do? I'm not. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm yeah. no doctor here. We're <laughs>
1: balanced, you know. We don't because they keep us detoxified, so we're not. Um, so we don't become toxic to ourselves. Yes. They kind of like clean things out, so that keeps us balanced. Is how I'm thinking of it. Really, yes. like, our it. our purity filter. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes.
0: Very necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on down to, to Scorpio. And so Scorpio,
1: I'm sure that you were challenged with your Scorpio picture. <laughs> yeah. I know. I almost just put like my nostrils. <laughs> I was like, haha, I bet you didn't know that. Well, yeah, but I did find a clever way to um, display Scorpio. You'll have to go see on my Instagram. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Scorpio is like the sex organs and the eliminatory function. So it's really just in the pelvic region. Um, yeah, down at, down at the free, bottom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the oh,
0: private spaces. The so likes to hide out. So that's right. So yeah. of course it's bodily spaces are going to be mm-hmm. private as well.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. All right. So now how about Sagittarius? Oh, Sag is like, uh, I hit button thighs. This is how I think of Sag and it's really true. <laughs> yes. I've had trans like, when I I have a Sag moon and when Saturn was transiting there, it was like my hips were locked up and I didn't want to get off my couch. It was super literal. It was like, Oh, I couldn't move. Um, well, and it's interesting too because I've noticed
0: just through body types when I meet people that are you know thicker in the bottom, <laughs> more often than not they have prominent Sagittarius in their chart. You know, I'm, the Sagittariuses are on the one twerking out there. I'm assuming,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> or, the, or the
0: ones that we are enjoying twerking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like wow. Um, yes. <laughs> So yeah, we're looking at the the thighs and the hips
1: and in that that booty zone basically. It's totally the booty yes. zone. Yeah, it's good for hiking and running and that, like riding horses, you know. I mean that's what you engage when you ride a horse also. So that's pretty kind of literal and metaphorical for the Sag. Yeah, so true. Okay. That is very true. Um all right, so then we move on to Capricorn. Yeah, so Cap is um in the drawings, it's located in the knees and it is in the knees. I definitely know people having knee trouble right now with Saturn and Pluto going through mm. Capricorn um, and the south node. Um, but it's, I do just want to also put, give voice to the idea that Saturn could be all of the bones in the body. It's really like the, the earthy structure, so, but especially the lower portion and it's kind of centered on the knees.
0: Yeah. Now, you had mentioned earlier with, the, with teeth. And I think we were kind of throwing it maybe into Taurus
1: a little bit. Yeah. So teeth are are Saturnian too. Um, I think like <laughs> I think it could even be the difference of of what are you what are, what are you doing with the tooth? Like when you're chewing food, it's a Taurian function. But like mm-hmm. if you just have a tooth left over from someone, <laughs> it's it's a Saturn part. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's kind of it's really. Complicated, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of the crazy, different, overlapping things in the way you have to figure out, little bit by little bit, like what what is it doing? Where, what you know, things like yes.
0: That. And so, just a reminder to everyone that's listening that as we go through these generalities, there are uh, there's many more ways to dive into the specificity of it all. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So we have that Capricorn that's tapping into our
1: knees and our uh, our bone system there. Now, how about Aquarius? What what did the Aquas got? Yeah, so they're very um, ankle and even kind of shin people. <laughs> so if someone has jupiter and aquarius they might have really long shin bones because oh. bands and and aquarius is or they even might have like you know large ankles or something um <laughs> <laughs> <I> as we <waiting. laughs> of course my mind is like ankles <laughs> not not like that not i like that. like that yeah but then the, but then aquarius also rules kind of the um air like um what am I trying to say? Kind of like the way the air moves through the blood in the body. It's kind of like an aerating system. Mm. So, um, yeah, because yeah. we'd mentioned
0: Leo with the with the backbone and the spine there. And so Aquarius has been known to be part of that, the nervous system a little bit too, right? Right? Or am I, or it. Well,
1: it, maybe it's, a little. I think you might be thinking more of Uranus. Uranus. Okay. And they kind you know, again, there's like the overlapping thing, but a lot of. Um, or I guess a circulatory system more, yes. I guess, is what that's, I'm saying. Like the, the heart pumps the blood and then the, we got to get it places. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's more of the Aquarius thing, like helping move stuff around. There we go. Yeah. So even if you think of like, when do you use your ankles and shins the most, it would probably be running really fast. Right. And move your blood around. Yeah. Well,
0: just movement in general, because if we don't have our our ankles and our shins, you know, to help take us those steps, we might not be going anywhere on our own accord, at least. (laughs) All right. And so last, but certainly not least, we have Pisces. So, I mean,
1: there's kind of one body part left. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the feet, and I think especially uh, the bottom of the feet, it kind of reminds me too of um, how there's acupressure and acupuncture, like. like reflexology. Yeah. Thank you. I, I knew there was a word and I couldn't. Yeah. But yeah. So that because of the way that Pisces is, and of course you can do that in your hands too, but I feel like the feet; it's kind of more powerful or something. Um, that could just be me. Yeah. <laughs> in my head. Oh, I prefer in the
0: feet. I got I mm-hmm. kind of dabbled in that myself, just for my own and you know my partner's use because who doesn't yeah. like <laughs> a little massage or reflexology from time to time? Um, and yeah, I felt more connected with the feet to do that. It just made more sense to me, and yeah. uh, and it. Feels really good, actually. I, I love pressure points, but I think that's the Scorpio
1: rising. I'm like, bring on the intensity, make it hurt,
0: and then it feels good. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I like that in with Pisces because it's kind of like the oneness. So it's like the it's the feet period, but then also it's your whole body, you know. And um, at least in this class I took at PSA, I don't I don't recall seeing this in other texts. But um, what they mention is the idea of Pisces being kind of the aura. And that also makes a lot of sense to me in that same kind of way of the, like the permeability and um, the one, the kind of more energetic. And <laughs> there's this great exercise you can do if you are a Pisces, I like to recommend, or Pisces moon, especially. I've, there's this book, I think it's called the intuitive body. that um, has these exercises. And if you just stand in front of someone and like back up, back up, back up until you are far away, like pretty far. You can still see and talk to each other, but you're pretty far away. And then you, one of you slowly walks toward the other person until you can kind of quote unquote feel, feel. their their bubble or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much more space um, a Pisces person can fill. Like this, I just love sharing this, especially with Pisces moons and Pisces in general, because it's like a self-awareness. It helps you realize how much care you you may need to take up yourself because you're like, a Pisces can feel like the whole room. You know, I, I have a special moon situation where I can kind of pick up vibes too, but, but I can get really close to someone and still be pretty comfortable, but like my my sensitive Pisces friends are like still across the room, and they're like, "I feel you. I'm good." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. There is definitely a, a permeability to Pisces energy. I have a Pisces South Node, so I have like a I feel like I carry some of that in. And in fact, I had a lot of Pisces transits going on um, about a maybe 12 years ago. Um, And I just started getting into um, actually aura healing and that type of thing. And I was going with a friend to these Monday night um, uh, classes where basically you'd go in and then they'd have people work on your aura there. And they were all learning. And so everybody's doing it together kind of thing. And I remember sitting down and this woman came to work on my aura and she's like, "You're you're in the parking lot. Your aura is so huge right now that she was like trying to like, bring it all in and like uh, bring me back to myself basically. Um And yeah, cause we, you know, we think we're just in one place right here, but really there's a lot
1: that a lot more that goes into it energetically that's swirling around. So true. Yeah. And then just one more thing, because I don't know if you'll ask about it or not, but when I make the drawings, I like to put um the rising sign on there. And the way I do that is it does kind of look like an aura. There's like a energetic casing around the whole thick figure drawing mm. and I, I, ma- I just match the element to the, the rising sign and it, it does ring true for people when they see because you know your, your rising sign is like the energy that kind of comes before you into the room like yeah um, and then I, I'll even draw if there are Pisces placements I'll kind of add them into the aura so some auras look way more active than other ones in, in the drawings and that's the reason why.
0: Uh, that's okay. Cause I have noticed that I'm like, wow, that person's got a lot going on. And then I'll look at another one of your drawings and I'm like, well, okay, they're a little more confined here. You know, it's all centralized and made this one place. And so I, okay, now I get it. That, that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So now that we know where all these you know, signs in these body parts are, you know, generally functioning here. So what, what can we take from this, knowing this, like based on our own signs or positions? um, How can we use this information? I guess is what I'm asking.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's different ways. Um, One, one like really easy accessible way is kind of what I said earlier, earlier, when you just look at the image, you kind of get kind of a hit of the feeling of it. and kind of just letting that be what it is without conceptualizing it. That's one really easy, great thing that you kind of get like a flavor. Everybody has their own energy flavor. But then the other thing is really through the elements because it's color-coded. So you can see if this person's really fire heavy or like air deficient. You can then, a, a trained astrologer at least would be able to yes. maybe help them figure out some kind of remediations or just ideas for how to work well with that situation. And it's just so easy to see when you look at the body like that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in well, because here's the thing. And so when we're looking at bodies in charts just in general, obviously our ascendant is going to be incredibly important because that's essentially our physical body. <laughs> that is our vessel. Um, now, but we also have that sixth house connection, which is Assigned to the health, or maybe the lack of health, or the disease that could come in, or some health issues, or how those two work together, right, Melanie? Like those? Yeah,
1: yeah, um, definitely. And I, I feel like that there's kind of two approaches. Like um, the ascendant, for sure, is totally your body and um, has is a is important. Has lots of information, and then also, like you're saying, the sixth house might be more sort of it can describe your health. It can also kind of describe health challenges, especially whatever the ruler is doing or whatnot. And the the natal placements in your body really are, can describe um, issues, but they just might not be on all the time. Like they'll be activated by transit. So that's another thing that you can do with the drawings. After you have like your basic drawing, you can actually layer on the transits once you kind of know how to, if somebody wanted to learn how to do it for themselves um, or I could draw that on for someone, but I'm actually designing a workbook to help people. I've taught a class at PSA and Portland school of astrology. And then now I'm designing a workbook that helps people to design their own line system. I mean, I'll, I'll share mine and it's great, but I also feel like part of the beauty of it is that it's, it's a learning tool so people can figure out their own systems and make their own drawings and draw on their own transits. You know, like that's. I, I'm like a teacher at heart, so I can't not make it that way. Yes, <laughs> but, yes.
0: Oh, I yeah. would totally like, buy that workbook. So okay, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get it out of. <laughs> not as I not can. that I, no pressure, but uh, <laughs> I would love to work through something like that because I have, being a Scorpio rising. I have uh, Mars as the ruler of my first and my sixth. So basically, though, that's the same planet for the same area, and it has gotten so clockwork that i could just watch mars transits and i know when i am going to have an issue mm. <laughs> it, it is like clockwork i can't even tell you like um and then of course my uh my personal 6th house is aries so i tend to have issues that involve the head with whatever seems to happen to me. Like the second Uranus moved into Aries, you know, all all those years ago, I started to develop this kind of like eczema situation on my eyebrows. And uh, a fellow Scorpio rising friend of mine had the same thing at the same time. Oh my and gosh! Sure enough, I have been dealing with this since that, um, with periods of release. And actually when Uranus just moved into Taurus recently, it, everything started to clear up and I had this like CBD oil that I've been using and putting on and it showed, you know, promise there. Um, however, then Mercury and, you know, Venus come back into Aries and are lighting it up again. And I'm telling you, like when it gets really bad, it looks like I have horns. It looks like I'm actually like the Aries like oh right like <laughs> you know, like the yes yeah, like a ram's horn and so it's uh-huh. it which is very you know if we think about Aries and it being that hot and dry and it's itchy and it's irritating you know it it falls into all the necessary categories i guess for yeah yeah
1: at. yeah so. yeah I, I always think of um so, like cooling things like cucumber, you know, have you seen the facials with the cucumbers on the eyes? Mm-hmm. Like the cucumbers right on, or like yogurt, um, or honey because it's moisturizing, or milk. I don't know, yeah, I don't know how many words. all
0: of that, all or the same time, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'm hoping, but yeah, that's how it is. It's like really literal, it's hot and dry, and it's on your head because there's it's Aries in your success, yeah, and it's Aries, so it's your head. It's to- and like I said, with my with Saturn on my because I have moon and Sag when Saturn was there, it was my hips and butt and it was really, really real.
0: <laughs> and like you said, it locked up. It was mm-hmm. hard to like move or stiff, right? Yeah. And that yes. Saturn
1: restriction and cold exactly. and dry and hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you'll actually, that's the thing is I, you know, as I go through my, my medical history or my affliction history, <laughs> um, I notice some correlations that are similar there. Like even when I was a very young child, um one of the first things that had happened to me was I was bit in the head by a dog. And okay, so here we're back to the sixth house, right? Yeah. <laughs> so here's this pet basically. It was a kita, so it's actually a pretty big and and scary and yeah. known to be violent dog, which also is fitting into that Aries, you know, yeah, <laughs> know energy so. there. Mm-hmm. And I mean I was scared of dogs for years after that. And I have a big scar on my forehead from where it happened, and you know it falls right into the energy, right? Like I have to kind of laugh at it.
1: (laughs) That's salt, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Yes. So, yeah. So like you said, with transits. So yeah, I was kind of, I had this makeup, but here you, you know, like you said with your moon and the Saturn connect, you got to experience it at that point. And so, I mean, are there any particular transits we can look out for? I mean, that might actually be very broad,
1: but I mean- (laughs) you notice well, anything yeah i mean the the you know it's the the bad guys quote unquote it's like the uh malefics so saturn and mars are tend to be the the transits that people notice as something being wrong or uncomfortable mm. because it's that like we're if you think of how your body is and what it's made of it's pretty moist actually and warm yes and um but when you have hotness and dryness and mars can also be like hitting or cutting or um uh, like, like eruptions kind of like, um, swelling. And <laughs> I, mean, like, I will tell you why I'm laughing at that. In okay. a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, said, Saturn is cold and hard and dry and the restriction. So it, it, people just tend to notice that like when you have a restriction in your body, you want to get it out. Or if you're all hot and dry and swollen, <laughs> that's no fun either, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, because Mars is can definitely tap into that inflammation, basically, and that seems to always be my issue is inflammation. And actually, I have I'm like sharing all my afflictions here, uh, but I feel like it's re- representative of uh, what's going on. Um, and so, I think you're going to like this story because it ties into the first, it ties into the sixth, and then it has like kind of an after story, which is weird in its own right. So, I had a, what is known as a pilonidal cyst, um, which is a cyst that sits on your tailbone. Um, okay. So so we're back to the Scorpio rising. So we're kind of at the bottom here yeah. with that. And I had that when I was like 18 years old. And I went to take care of it at the time and they were like, "Oh, well you need to have the $1000. I didn't have insurance." And I'm like, "This isn't so bad. I'll just sit with it." Oh. <laughs> Literally sit with it. Yes. <laughs> and so over time, you know, it would go dormant, but then at certain times it would rear up and it would inflame again and I'd have trouble sitting, but I would, but I knew it was going to be a big deal to have this cut out, very Martian as well. Um, so it actually took me close to 20 years to have this thing removed because it became absolutely necessary for it to happen. Uh, I had it removed when I was in a first house, Mars perfection. So that's another thing for people who know what that looks like. Um, but you know, I went to the doctor and I was like, okay, am I the only one that waits this long? And he's like, oh no. He's like you. He's like people do not come to me until they have to with this because it's like a two month recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. I'm not going to go the gory details, but it's it's rough and they take out basically a huge chunk of your body in the process <laughs> so that it doesn't come back. So I finally did that during that period of time, and uh, and then. Shortly after, I had gotten a new kitty and I brought her into the home, you know, where here's our sixth house connection here. She's very spunky, has that Martian flavor. And then out of nowhere, she develops a cyst on her tail, to the left of her tail in the same area that I had mine. What? And I had, we had to have hers surgically removed. You know, several months after that, because it was just getting too. And even the vet was like, "I've never seen this before," or like, "This is odd to me." And I'm like, "Well, let me tell you about odd." (laughs) And uh, and so, yeah, I think that spoke to actually Uranus on my ascendant and giving me because I get weird afflictions that people are like, "Oh, okay," because even that one, like, my body type was not atypical for the affliction that I had. Um, So that's just like a little, (laughs) little. Scope into a a situation, but Mm -hmm. you can see how that all the first and the sixth and the Mars and it all came out within that. And I'm just glad to be done with it. So, yeah,
1: totally. It's wild how it's almost like your kitty like did it for you, like she impassed your stuff, and like to. And she's it's so literal with her being a pet in the sixth house. That's
0: exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, um, and kind of like you were talking about earlier with the permeability of the, of the aura and what we, you know, because obviously I have that and we, you know, if we want to look at chakras, there's probably a root chakra issue that's going on there, especially at the tail. Um, and so the tail, my tail, (laughs) um, and so here, you know, like, I thought I had taken the steps to get over it, right? And so actually when she became afflicted with it, I was wrestling myself with some of my own issues that are centered around those types of things. And so I feel like I deflected almost my energy and she was able to absorb it, like you said. Um, and luckily we're both over it now. And I feel like I've worked through things personally, but uh, yeah. yeah, so
1: these, they, they can show up very literally like that in the body. Totally. Would you say that like it sounds like you're you're referring to kind of um, emotional, spiritual, somatic yes tie-ins? So would you say that the stuff that you worked through was scorpionic? It was also the same or Aries like. Marching. Yes, well, and it's a, a lot of stuff that I was working on was because at that
0: point I was going to build up uh, my own business again. I was dealing with having to uh you know f- feeling secure in the situation in order to build from scratch and to you know have basically the courage I needed to keep going, but also deal with some of the fear around it too, and um sometimes that can put you in a place of um, where you know, you just kind of, you're almost blocked in a way, well, yourself, as you're trying to work through these things, because, you know, especially if you're heavy water dominant, like, insecurities can sneak up on you, like, there, it's, it's, (laughs) you know, and I have a Capricorn moon, which is, you know, my emotional faculty in general doesn't always function as, as well as I would like it to, or might stuff things, or sidestep things in a way that is not dealt with, and then, you know, more unconscious things are holding. Or yeah, I'm just not grounded, really, with mm-hmm. within that. Um, and I have Mars square Saturn in my chart too. So you know, okay. Saturn and Mars both are representing that you know lower chakra. And mm-hmm. so, personally, I have issues in that area. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's in, that's interesting that there's square too in your natal placement. Uh- right. And
0: so, yeah, there's tension, and so it's mm-hmm. going to bring up something there. So. Anyways, I didn't want to divert in the story, but it was an interesting story nonetheless. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, I think we shared some fun things here. Um, yeah. And so now you know more about, uh, you know, the astro bodies and how the planets uh, correlate with certain parts of our bodies and in the sign energy there. Um, so now before we go here, Melanie, tell people what you have going on and where they can find you again, to find out more about, uh, getting the astrobody, uh, diagram and whatever else you have going on.
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm so like we discussed, I have some astrobodies drawings on my Instagram feed and also the body painting series. They're kind of speckled throughout the feed. Um, and that's, I'm at beautiful astrology, all one word, no lines or anything. And then my website is beautiful dash astrology.com. And if you put in a, a, slash astrobodies, all one word, then you can go to the page that is offering the astrobodies drawings for sale. And that will, it kind of describes more about what they are, a lot of what we've already said here. There's also a video describing them on there. And then that will be also the place to to stay tuned and on Instagram about the forthcoming workbook. Nice. Yes. if mm-hmm. anyone's going to Norwalk, I'll be there too. So come. Oh, well, I will see you there.
0: <laughs> yes, that'll be my first
1: experience.
0: I hear it's uh, uh, recently sold out. Yes, so yeah. it will be a it'll be a packed adventure of astrologers. Uh-huh.
1: And you, it's going to be your first time. First time, yeah. Okay, so here there's a special message. A little birdie. <laughs> Let's just say a little birdie told you there might be some kind of newbie gathering on Friday evening for people who have never been to NORAC, so just keep your eyes and ears open for more news on that.
0: Okay, I will. I I look forward to meeting people because my first conference was UAC, and um, unfortunately... Uh, this minute I touched down from the plane, I had vertigo the whole trip. And so I wasn't able to, and that's in the whole other transit story, yes. not to have time for that, but it did line up with what was going yes. on. Um, and so I'm ho- hoping for a better experience this yes. time for sure. <laughs> um,
1: now you also have a podcast that people can listen to. Yes, right? absolutely. It's the Beautiful Astrology Podcast. And it's on iTunes, or you can find it on my website. It's also on SoundCloud, if people are on there. You probably have a lot of musician listeners, maybe. I will, I, I have that li- that life separate. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'm not, okay. Uh, okay. So people, sure maybe enough. I do, I might. Uh, I yeah. Do you share uh, music on your... You know, it's so funny. I actually have. So I've made one song with my son and it's featured at the end of one of the podcasts, or maybe a couple of them somewhere in there. I can't even remember which one it was. But then I also wrote a song just by myself on GarageBand and made a little song. So it's also on my feed um, several, several songs back or several episodes back. You can go. It's just like a fun, creative project. I love it. I'll have yes. to take a listen. I yeah. you know, I love
0: creating music. It's, it's magical. <laughs> it's uh, so much fun. So yeah, definitely check out the Beautiful Astrology Podcast and I'll put all those links in my blog so that you can get uh, to Melanie directly in case you aren't able to take it all down in this moment. So um, so that being said, where can you find me? Well, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. Um, and if you're are interested in my Patreon or becoming a supporter of this podcast, you can find me over at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Um, and of course, I do consultations with people uh, as I'm sure Melanie does as well. So if you're looking to talk to uh, either one of us or both of us or you know any astrologers, we are here for you because <laughs> uh, there's so much to dive into uh, with a chart. So that is not... Um, uh, Meme worthy on the internet, <laughs> I guess is
1: what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> more complex. Yes,
0: very, very complex. Yes, mm-hmm. in a good way though, and in an eye opening way. So, and if you think people want to know more about uh, medical correlations with astrology and learning what the signs have to say about the body, you know, share this podcast with a friend um, or whoever you think needs to hear it. You know, leave a good return retune retune on iTunes review on iTunes um and all that jazz uh so all right Melanie well thank you so much for joining me today I'm glad
1: to have you on the program thank you for having me absolutely
0: all right everyone and thank you so much for tuning in and as always may the stars be with you